This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. The podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists. Hi everyone, it's Kara from Today's RDH. Before starting, I'd like to thank Philips Oral Healthcare for sponsoring this episode. They have a useful program you can implement in your office that lets you coach patients as they try a Sonicare Power Toothbrush right in the dental chair. Learn more by calling 800-422-9448 or visit philipsoralhealthcare.com. Epileptic Patients, a Dental Hygienist Guide in Managing and Preventing Seizures by Anna Rice, RDHBS. Our brain consists of millions of neurons that are linked by synapses in an elaborate network system, and this process of activity is called neurotransmission. The brain, as it's sometimes speculated, houses more connections than there are stars in the Milky Way, and textbooks for years have estimated that there are 100 billion neurons in the brain. Neuroscientist Susanna Herculano-Housel, an associate professor of psychological science at Vanderbilt University, figured out that that estimate was hearsay. By dissolving a whole brain into a solution and counting the nuclei of neurons, brain soup, she figured out that we are at about 86 billion neurons. Another myth is that we only use 10% of our brain. Brain imaging shows that almost all regions of the brain are active during most daily tasks, such as talking, walking, and even listening to music. Neuroscientists are constantly discovering intricacies of the brain. A recent discovery is a new kind of neuron, rosehip, but aren't sure what it does and are not found in mice or rats. Scientists measure the electricity in the brain, which is essentially how our brain functions. Rumor has it, our brains can light a low-watt light bulb, but there can be malfunctions in the circuitry, and sometimes a seizure will occur. This article concludes with information about the management of dental patients who experience a seizure, But the following background information about health condition can help dental hygienists be aware of what epileptic patients experience. Seizures. Seizures are defined as a sudden, uncontrolled electrical disturbance of the brain. This may produce a physical convulsion, minor physical signs, thought disturbances, or a combination of symptoms. In 2015, 1.2% of the U.S. population had active epilepsy, 3.4 million people. It affects men more than women, and there are many causes. Brain malformations, medication reactions, and lack of oxygen to the brain are reasons. According to the Epilepsy Foundation, in people over the age of 65, stroke is the most common cause of new-onset seizures. In a chart on its website, the Epilepsy Foundation breaks down the common causes of seizures by age. In newborns, brain malformations, lack of oxygen during birth, low levels of blood sugar, blood calcium, blood magnesium, or other electrolyte problems, inborn errors of metabolism, intracranial hemorrhage, and maternal drug use. In infants and children, fever, febrile seizures, brain tumor, rarely, and infections. In children and adults, congenital conditions, Down syndrome, Angelman syndrome, tuberous sclerosis, and neurofibromatosis, genetic factors, progressive brain disease, rare, and head trauma. In seniors, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, and trauma. When seizures become consistent, it's then called epilepsy, a chronic neurologic disorder. Seizures are the primary symptom of epilepsy, but they can be caused by a number of other events. Infections such as meningitis, alcohol or drug withdrawal, low blood sugar, a stroke, a brain tumor, and head injuries. Seizures are divided into two groups, generalized and focal. 
generalized. Absent seizure, also called petty mal. You may lose focus or stare into space for a few seconds. Tonic-clonic seizures, also called grand mal. You may cry out, fall to the ground, or have strong muscle jerking. Focal. Simple focal affects a small part of the brain and can have minimal symptoms, as little as a strange taste or a small twitch. Complex focal involves multiple areas of the brain that can cause confusion. Secondary generalized start as a focal in one part of the brain, but then progresses to a generalized seizure. Influence of seizures in dental care. For the several kinds of epilepsy, more than 20 different medications help with treatment. And a host of dietary and surgical techniques help patients get good control. In dentistry, we have to have a clear understanding of what the disease is and how to best care for this demographic. Research is limited on the influence of seizures in dental care. The focus has mainly been on gingival hyperplasia, induced by anti-epileptic medications. There's a need for more research related to dentistry and how to treat and manage seizures. Patients with seizure disorders have a propensity toward poor oral hygiene, leading to decayed or missing teeth. They may have trauma-induced loss of teeth, abrasion, and poor periodontal conditions. Unfortunately, dentists are likely to consider quick and simple procedures to help with their conditions without considering all the options. Surgical care. When doing surgical procedures on medicated epileptic patients, there are some things to keep in mind. These patients may be at an increased risk of fracture. Enzyme-inducing anti-epileptic drugs change the metabolism and clearance of vitamin D and have been associated with osteopenia and osteomalacia. For patients taking phenobarbitrol, phenidoin, or primidone, adequate calcium and vitamin D supplementation, a minimum of 1,000 milligrams and 400 units daily, respectively, can reduce the risk of fractures. Wound healing can be another issue of concern. Valproic acid, an anticonvulsant, may cause bone marrow suppression, which can impair wound healing and increase post-operative bleeding and infections. Being aware and a consultation with the patient's physician will go a long way to ensure better treatment outcomes. Decreased platelet count is the most common and best recognized hematologic effect of valproic acid. The incidence varies from 5% to 40%. Periodontal concerns. Within 12 to 24 months of initiation of phenidoin, another anticonvulsant, about half of patients will develop gingival hyperplasia. Phenidoin alters the metabolism of gingival fibroblasts, resulting in the production of excessive amounts of collagen. Historically, research has been done about chlorohexidine gluconate helping with hyperplasia, but thankfully dentistry has many other options for reducing biofilm and cleaning up pathogens. Excellent home care is best for the prevention of hyperplasia and decreasing the severity of the condition. It can be very frustrating for the patient, though. Other oral manifestations of anti-epileptic drugs may be xerostomia, stomatitis, aphthous ulcers, delayed healing, and even a rash. Prosthetics. More missing teeth are associated with epileptic patients due to decay, periodontal disease, or injury. We know that replacing teeth gives patients a better quality of life, but prosthetics may be more complicated. Epileptic patients who suffer from tonic-clonic seizures, grand mal, with involuntary muscle contractions that include the masticatory system require special treatment. It's the usual recommendation to have fixed prosthetics instead of removable. Dentures and partials can break or create choking hazards during any seizure and it should be considered when at all possible to create a fixed prosthetic solution. Drug interactions. It's extremely important that clinicians understand the jeopardy that other medications can put the epileptic patient under. For instance, antifungal agents such as fluconazole and antibiotics such as erythromycin, ciprofloxacin, clarithromycin, and metronidazole may interfere with the metabolism of certain antiepileptic drugs. 
fluconazole and finidoin are associated with a clinically significant increase in finidoin plasma concentration and may require adjustment to maintain safe therapeutic concentrations. However, other anticonvulsants such as vigabatrin, lamotrigine, levetiracetam, oxcarbazepine, and gabapentin are unlikely to interact with fluconazole, seizures during dental care. The factors that provoke seizures include incorrect use of medications, sleep deprivation, drug abuse, excessive use of alcohol, excessive use of caffeine, hormonal changes, low blood sugar, electrolyte imbalance, congenital disease, and medications that reduce the efficacy of antiepileptic medications. The Journal of the Canadian Dental Association suggests the following steps during a dental appointment. Actions to take if a patient has a seizure. Clear all instruments away from the patient. Place the dental chair in a supported, supine position as near to the floor as possible. Place the patient on his or her side to decrease the chance of aspiration of secretions or dental materials in the patient's mouth. Do not restrain the patient. Do not put your fingers in his or her mouth. You might be bitten. Time the seizure. The duration of the event may seem longer than it is. Call 911 if the seizure lasts longer than three minutes. Call 911 if the patient becomes cyanotic from the onset. If possible, administer oxygen at a rate of 6 to 8 liters per minute. Be aware of the possibility of compromised airway or uncontrollable seizure. And if the seizure lasts more than 3 minutes and recurs, drug administration is required. There are conflicting data as to the administration of drugs. Some data recommends if the seizure lasts longer than 1 minute. Once the seizure is over, do not undertake further dental treatment that day. Try to talk to the patient to evaluate the level of consciousness during the postictal phase. Do not attempt to restrain the patient as he or she might be confused. Do not allow the patient to leave the office if his or her level of awareness is not fully restored. Contact the patient's family if he or she is alone. Do a brief oral examination for sustained injuries. And depending on the postictal state, discharge the patient home with a responsible person to his or her family physician, or an emergency room for further assessment. The Surgical Science Journal offers the following advice for epileptic patients. Fundamental principles to prevent seizures in the dental practice. Knowledge of the patient's previous seizure episodes and medications. Knowledge of the conditions that provoke epileptic seizures in order to avoid them. Having appointments in the morning, kept short, and reducing noise and bright lights can be helpful for reducing the incidence of a seizure. And the ability to recognize the early signs of a seizure. Take precautions before it occurs and provide the patient with supportive care. Note that epileptic patients many times have an aura before a seizure. An aura is a feeling, experience, or movement that can be recognized by the patient. Patients with epilepsy can be safely treated in a dental practice. Clinicians who understand epilepsy can be an invaluable asset and service for these patients. And the ability to provide proper oral care and promote systemic health will set your office apart. Dental hygienists specifically play an important role in the management and care of epileptic patients. Whether they're diligently reviewing health histories, keeping a watchful eye on the prevention of a seizure, or encouraging these patients to continue proper home care or treatment, we're on the front line of yet another way to be an asset to our practice and patients. This episode was brought to you by Philips Oral Healthcare, who is now offering an in-office trial program to help you show patients the advantages of using a Sonicare-powered toothbrush. Every kit comes with a handle, a supply of brush heads, disinfection instructions, and more. Call 800-422-9448 or visit philipsoralhealthcare.com to learn more or place your order today. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 